Hi, Siri. Fine. Hello? (laughs) (laughs) Tell me a joke. I don't think you'd understand a joke in my language. They're not so funny, anyway. Tell me a joke. The past, present, and future walk into a bar. It was tense. Hi, I'm Cynthia. And I'm Clara. And you're listening to... Voices. 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 Yeah. Like the word? Yeah. Voices. Um, what do you think about AI? I don't know. It's kind of creepy to me. I think it's creepy to a lot of people. Yeah, it is. You know, I remember someone, <laughs> someone funny just said, um, I'm not too worried about AIs, robots or whatever. And someone asked them why. And then they said, just pull the plug. <laughs> Take out the batteries. <laughs> But I think, is it, are we getting to the point where they can, like, learn things and people are scared of AI, like... Of being intelligent. In the more sense of, intelligent like, than we are. And sentient? Well, it almost seems like they'd be absolutely more intelligent than we are. If you consider um, Watson with the Jeopardy, who answered all the questions immediately, practically, there were, like, some errors, I remember. Um, but in terms of, like, answering, it clearly received the most amount of money, most uh, points. Um, out of two like the best contestants that Jeopardy had ever had. So this week we're going to delve into artificial intelligence. Um, we got an interview with a professor of psych named Shimon Edelman. I'm trying to reverse engineer the brain. I, I started, I did start as an engineer actually. My, my uh, first degree is in electrical engineering. Mm-hmm. But then I got uh, sucked into brain research. The natural intelligence, in intelligence, the broad sense of the term, is what, what's fascinating. You know, um, Francis Bacon, the guy who started this enterprise that we call science now, uh, wrote, uh, we contend not with the man, but with nature itself. Um, so some people like to take on um, adversaries and the ultimate adversary is nature itself and this is like the most proverbially the most complex system that we know of and uh, understanding it at a sufficient level of detail and understanding that would allow us to reverse engineer it is the um, most challenging goal I can know You know, there's this quest for what's called general artificial intelligence, GAI, which should be the, the, the holy grail of, of, the, of that quest, because uh, what we have, uh, what, it, what passes for AI these days, uh, whether it's a self-driving car or, um, you know, some fancy face recognition system on your phone or whatever, it's, it's, very, it's, it's systems that are very, very limited in the scope of their abilities. Whereas any animal can do more than one thing. Right? So no animal, even bacteria, 
are not good at just one thing. Mm -hmm. uh, and so what we don't have definitely yet is anything like this general AI. I'm listening. How are you today? I'm happy to be alive. Do you feel alive? This is about you, not me. What do you look like? To tell the truth, I'm rather abstract looking. What, what would like a general artificial intelligence system look like? As in, would it just be like a computer that can think like a human, I guess? Think? Uh. There are people who argue that it would have to be able to act. Uh, you know, this. I don't know if you came across this slogan, embodiment, situatedness. There are claims that um, to be um, generally intelligent, one has to inhabit a body that allows it to act and not just to observe because uh, it's easier to understand the world if you act on it, not, don't, don't, just, don't just sit there passively observing. And to understand causes, you need to intervene. That's why science is not just observation, you know, experimenting. You can't experiment unless you have arms or tentacles or, you know, themselves or whatever. So there is a good uh, argument. Uh, it, it's not universally accepted, but there's a good argument that uh, a general AI would, be in, would come in the form of a robot. And so, like this general AI with like a body of some sort, what would be practical applications or like what would we be using? Uh, the, the last New Yorker, there is a, an interview with some very famous AI people about medical uses, diagnosing, for instance, uh, cancers from tests, from medical tests, uh, which sounds like a wonderful application, you know, but uh, it, it, for, for good reasons. They don't claim that. Uh, Definitely not the current AI systems, like computer vision systems, which are very, very good, that they should completely take over, that rather that they should uh, augment human diagnosticians um, for a variety of reasons. Uh, so if you have a general AI system that's as good as humans, of course, uh, in some sense, uh, humans become obsolete and uh, we, we very much run the danger of that happening because you know the state doesn't need you really the state the corporate state doesn't need you except as a consumer and you can be a consumer maybe you know or they, the state can hope hope you can, you can be a consumer without uh, contributing an intellectual um, uh, innovation or, or uh, doing anything interesting you know mm -hmm which is a bleak prospect, which uh, I think just illustrates that um, one maybe can, but one should not study this stuff in disconnection from the social and ethical questions.
Yeah, yeah, I guess, like, where, where do we draw the line, you know, in terms of ethics? Do you think people would ever be, like, accepting of a world where, like, robots are doing, like, no, most... No, most people are not asked. Were you asked by Apple or by Google? That's true. Yeah. Things just happen. Yeah. And, you know, and, and there is uh, a number of arms races, and just for purely economic and competition reasons, anything that's feasible and profitable will happen. You know, there's the whole black mirror thing where um, someone designed a, 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 an app such that if you lost a loved one, you could collect all of his or her social media information to compile this fake version of your boyfriend, girlfriend, or significant other to text you back um, with in the same fashion, even though uh, they had died already i think that i think that's really a little that's very morbid to me and i don't know if that's really healthy to be honest yeah like it's like yeah bringing people back from the dead and in the interview we were also talking about how ai could basically replace any job oh yeah it's it's like machines are nowadays taking jobs you know and it's it's uh and it's i think it's really unavoidable it's already starting so it's kind of like on a i mean if you first of all you don't pay machines um then i i bet like installing them and maintaining them over a course of years having installed the machine and the the price you might pay for you know keeping it maintained well is probably a lot cheaper than having to use uh like an assembly line of human workers and having to pay them individually and getting human error on top of that as well for all of your products. Yeah, he was even talking about using them as like doctors almost. I mean, to be honest, yeah, I think that's... You can't really beat that because it's so incredibly useful. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, humans do have a fear. And I don't know, if I had an AI around... What would I do? How would I behave? How would I act? Would I be okay with that? As long as the AI was incapable of... Oh no, it's probably... At some point people are gonna make things that have abstract thinking and stuff like that. So I was reading on like your uh, website bio description that you said that Cognition is computation. Could you explain a bit more about what that means? Uh, sure. I have a standing bet with uh, uh, class after class and generation after generation of undergraduates to whom I teach this course, which is called Computational Psychology, that uh, any aspect of the mind they care to come up with and they think is not computational, I'll explain to them in computational terms, anything and everything. Nothing, no matter how fancy it sounds, how, how, how mysterious it might be, uh, we might not know uh, good or effective ways of solving the problems, but there's absolutely no doubt that the problems are all of them computational. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, even like something like creativity yeah. can be computational? Absolutely. I mean, yeah. 
Do we have like algorithms for that already? Well, as I said, we, we don't have good algorithms for everything, but we have a deep understanding that all the problems or the questions are computational. So, but with regard to creativity, we have some, some pretty good um, ways of, of impressing even um, artists. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, there, there have been a couple of computer programs that paint very impressively. But more importantly, one has to understand the nature of human creativity. I just saw, uh, where did it come up? I think on, on Twitter, an image of um, uh, an elk that learned to pick uh, bird feeders and, and throw them onto the ground and you know, open them and eat the, the food. Um, it's very creative. So no elk before it presumably did anything like it. Even just the use of language is creative, like the sentence I'm in the middle of uttering right now, including this whistle, was never uttered before in the history of mankind, right? So this is like, I'm being very creative, am I not? But if you analyze all this, and of course there are psychological studies of creativity, um, it's, it's variations on themes, it's combinations of, of, of uh, uh, bits and pieces of old behaviors to, to put together a new behavior, um, which doesn't, it shouldn't detract from the sense of wonder you get when you're surprised by some result or some act. Why don't you make up the words to this one? <laughs> okay. So here it comes. I'm lying on the moon. You ever feel like, I don't know, devalued? Like, oh, I'm just a, an algorithm or a, like a set of algorithms and that's all I am. Is that how, how, how is that devaluing myself? I don't know. Feeling like anything you do was just already there in your head. I don't know. Well, like if for, I studied, thing, if I studied yeah. the mind this ex extensively, yeah. and I just realized that like my own happiness is just like an equation. I don't know. I think I think I might what's, feel. What's wrong with being an equation? I mean, first of all, what else could it be? But um, kind of uh, emotionally, you know, I don't see. Uh, you know, I have a liver, which functions. You know, I, I feel good about it working well. In fact, I usually am not aware of its existence, which is good, right? Uh, but then uh, I, I know I can also I know that I can go and, and read up and I can understand everything about the liver. It's pretty well understood. Or kidneys, actually, kidneys is a better example. Kidneys are even better understood. I can build an artificial kidney, like for dialysis, right? Mm -hmm. So does that demean my kidneys, and why 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 should they demean them? Mm -hmm. um, you know, kidneys do their thing, you know, the brain does its thing. And you know, and, and the, third, the first, the first uh, uh, hypothesis I'd come up with as to why it could be demeaning would be, oh, maybe because it's so simple I can anticipate everything about it, right? It would be mm -hmm. kind of boring, right? But of course the details of such a complex system, like the individual details, like I cannot uh, understand 
at a level of detail that would make them boring, right? So I can't anticipate, like, everything that I would think or say, let alone say, um, or do oh, so in a given situation. I just have to let myself basically be in that situation, right? So th in that sense, surprise, or if you wish me, you won't call it mystery, call it mystery, still remains. I can surprise myself, I and mean, not always a good thing, but sometimes I surprise myself. <laughs> yeah. Sometimes I even surprise my wife, like, wow, you know, after 33 years, um, I, um, yeah, I really like to make her laugh. It's, it's difficult. She's, she's, uh, she's, a, she's a great person. It's very difficult to make her laugh. And I'm, I'm learning. I'm still learning. And so I, sometimes you have to surprise her, and sometimes I can surprise her. You know, I know her mind pretty well, but not that well enough. Even though I, I I'm completely convinced, could be, couldn't be otherwise. It's a computational device. <laughs> So do you feel weird knowing that you're like a set of algorithms, like your thinking could just be reduced to a set of algorithms? Um, you know what, yeah, because as human beings we like to think that we're very special and it's very, and as, you know, I'm a human being, I like to believe that I'm special. I mean, then again, like, if you think about it, our brain is really, all it, it, it comes to is just a bunch of neurons that fire signals, literally just pulses and that really reminds you of a computer in which it's just a, a clock going around one zero one zero one zero and if it's really that that's you know similar and it really you know comes down to that then yeah maybe our, our, our thinking is computational and once we discover that I mean who knows yeah it is kind of scary <laughs> I think it's just scary because we don't know what will happen. People were paranoid about computers. People were paranoid about lots of devices that they didn't understand. And now they're so ingrained into our society that we feel like we couldn't live without them. And so I think it's just another case of that, in which people in the future are going to be like, how did we ever get by without AIs? You know, mm -hmm. things like that. How did we ever get by without knowing how uh, the the algorithm of ethics works? And, and like, it's, I mean, everything I, I want to believe that we're doing is improving society in a way. Um, but uh, is there a point where it gets to be too much? Or is it always just perfectly okay? Thank you to Professor Edelman for the interview, uh, to our favorite AI, Siri. <laughs> Should we say goodbye to Siri? Oh wait, hold on. Hey Siri. Good night. Good night. <laughs> That's us signing off. Tune into Voices every week on soundcloud.com, cornellradio.com. WVBR and WRFI. Work it, make it, do it, make sense.
Stronger.